Welcome to the Lead Defend Podcast, a show designed to help you grow in faith and leadership as you navigate the stages of young adulthood. We address important faith topics and provide practical life tips, helping you build up your faith as you engage a changing culture. Now, here are your hosts. Hey, welcome back to Lead Defend. This is Ryan and Brock. We're here with Adam Venters. Adam is the BCM campus minister at Metro BCM in Little Rock. Been here for, has it been four years? Yes, since 2017. Crazy, crazy. And you can remember the time that you came for the first time, stepped foot on UALR's campus? I can, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I met Miss Bitt. Uh, She was... Uh, I can't, it was like over Christmas break when we came. We actually met there, and she kind of walked us through the building and showed us everything. And That's cool. Uh, that night they had so, like an international student gathering, so it was pretty neat. And shortly thereafter, Adam transitioned on staff and then transitioned to being the campus minister now. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of transitions, transitions happen all the time, yep. whether it's from high school to college, middle school to high school, or college to workforce. Um, Adam is kind of an expert on transitions, or at least we're hoping so, because Adam's here to talk to us about some principles in transition. So, uh, Brock, before we start that, what are some things that you see are on students' minds as they transition from middle school to high school, high school to college especially? Yeah, middle school to high school, man, I think a lot of them are just ready to, to start the next phase of their life. Sure. They're ready to, to get out of the middle school, get into high school. I was, I was ready to be that. done with that pimply face. <laughs> get rid of the acne, yeah. maybe mature a little bit. But then I think the, the big one is, you know, when they're going to college, a lot of them see for the first time, I've got some freedom. Yeah. Mom and dad aren't around anymore. They're not looking over my shoulder. And then even more so when they leave college, kind of starting life. Yep, that's true. That's true. So, Adam... Tell us about transitions. Like, what are some principles that we should be thinking about in times of transition? Yeah, so um, like we've just kind of said, right now it's a, you know, for a lot of people, summer is a lot of transitions. Like, uh, you know, most apartment complexes start their actually their leases for the year in summer because so many people are moving out, moving in. Um, and so I'm not an expert on transitions, even though I've done transitions <laughs> in my life. Um, you have moved a lot, actually. I have, I have moved a lot. At one point in time, me and my wife had lived in two major cities. We lived in New Orleans uh, before we moved to Little Rock. Um, we had had two kids. So we have two boys, Bo and Rigby, and they're 13 months apart. And we had seven jobs in less than two years. Wow. And so it was um, – I've had a lot of transitions in my life. <laughs> sure. I don't know that it makes me an expert. Um, <laughs> well, you're still alive. Yeah, so. I'm still alive. I've navigated through it. Uh, there's a, f- a few things. So I um, have recently been thinking about this. In Proverbs, I don't know – you know, how familiar people are with the Proverbs. Some people just read them straight through and they have like these little pithy statements. Um, but Proverbs is actually a really helpful book uh, for any young adult, I think. And the reason why Proverbs, Job, and Ecclesiastes are kind of the three major books of wisdom. And uh, I don't necessarily have like a super formal definition of wisdom, uh, but I do have a definition that's really helpful for people to think about. Like wisdom is the thing that keeps you from doing the thing. Um, before you have to say that you're sorry. That's a good word. And so uh, sometimes a little bit more... Okay, you got to repeat it. Wisdom is the thing. The thing that keeps you from doing the thing before you have to say that you're sorry. Okay. Uh. So so there's there's two kind of like developments. So wisdom is the thing that would stop me from making that dumb comment keeps to my wife. Trouble. Yeah. So actually how I say this is like it's it's the thing that keeps you from having to say you're sorry because you did something stupid. Okay. Uh, yep, but a that's lot of fair. parents don't like that, so yep, I kind of cut that, out the stupid fair. part. They're transitioning. Uh, they don't got to worry about parents. Yeah, they don't have to worry about parents. Now, yeah, yeah. Uh, but so Not a lot true. of people, or sometimes if you just think about wisdom, sometimes we think about m- m- like 
monetary wisdom. Like, what's the wisdom that I need in this particular moment? Mm. And and that's helpful. The Bible does talk about those situations some. Like, how do you interact with God in a moment where you need? Most of the time, those are like crisis-type moments. Sure. Um, but most of wisdom, by and large, is actually meant to, to kind of keep you from crisis moments outside of just some major things. Yeah. So it's like, so a way of, this would be an... This that is, is an interesting dichotomy, though, because I yeah. think, oh, I need wisdom because I'm really stressed right now. But right. wisdom truly keeps you from stressing about everything. Right. Um, like, in, in, I mean, a, a thing that would be wise, if you just think about your life, this is an easy example. Like, wisdom is knowing that in order for my body to stay healthy, I have to work out or eat pr- and eat properly. And so, so when I don't work <laughs> Not out... Not good at eat, wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> so when I don't work out or eat properly, it causes me to be a little bit more overweight, you know what I mean? Or it causes my, like, emotional chemical balances to be off. Mm-hmm. And so that causes me to be more stressed at times, which can then lead to me, like lashing out at people or projecting my own insecurities yeah. or frustrations. And then and then you have to say sorry. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. on the back end. Mm-hmm. So wisdom would tell you it's healthy for your life to work out and eat healthy. So work out and be healthy. That yeah. would be the wisdom, the wise uh, way of going and look at it. There's a lot of sil- like similar illustrations to that, but that's kind of the way wisdom works. Sure. And so, uh, so in Proverbs, um, one of the things that's helpful, so in chapters 1 through 9, so the whole book is 31 uh, chapters long, mm-hmm. versus Chapters one through nine serve as like a, a literary unit, yeah. Um, and so, meaning that they're all connected and they're they're developed in a chiasm, which you can cut that out. That doesn't matter. <laughs> um, but actually, starting in chapter ten, it opens up a development from ten through thirty-one, where the main metaphor that's being driven in that particular section is a Hebrew word called uh, haderek, which means the way. So it's it kind of takes on this analogy of like a path or a road, but you're heading down a particular, like in a particular direction. And so, in so part, like the Mandalorian, this is the way. Yeah, this is the way. Yeah, you can do <laughs> Mandalorian. I'm Some student was, pastor's listening yeah. to this and just has a series on Proverbs. For, <laughs> for the He's like, the, dude, I know what I'm teaching now. <laughs> Thank you, Lead Defend Podcast. So, uh, so there's a few. So I wrote an article that had 21 uh, kind of principles for transition out of Proverbs 10. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think the statistic that I had from Proverbs chapter 10 through chapter 22, there's some 316 bits of wisdom that are there. So wow. Proverbs has a lot of wisdom in it. And so, but just trying to make that bite size, how can we take that and make it usable and pliable mm-hmm. to us? And so uh, Proverbs chapter 10 actually serves as the hinge. So it's opening up this idea of, of the way or the way that we're going to go. And it starts by kind of using a really, really simple analogy. It says, it says, a wise son brings joy to his father, but a foolish son grieves his mother. Mm. And so um, when I was working through this, um, one of the key things I think that's really, really helpful for any person that's going through a transition, um, sometimes when we go through transitions, especially from high school to college, yeah. it's easier for us, like we experience some new level of freedom, and it kind of heightens our sense of individualism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're, we're, own, we're our own person. Sure. And you are to a particular degree, but what the Proverbs would try to remind us is it's assumed now that the sun is going off, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So what are the choices that he's going to make? Well, he's going to make choices, and what the pro- proverb writer would say is that when he makes wise choices, it makes his father glad, and when he makes foolish choices, it makes his mother sad. Wow. And so it kind of connects. It's called a part It's a part to a whole analogy. Sure. Uh, but it's kind of helping us remember, like as we transition, 
that we are a part of a larger unit yeah. uh, of, of people. Hmm. Yeah, and which I think is really helpful for like high school and college students. Yeah, I mean, because when I think about that, every time you transition is a time to obtain more freedom yeah. in, in a sense, because even when you transition from one job to the next, it's, oh, you're unleashing yourself from the obligations of this job and mm-hmm. you can kind of create this one how you want it or fulfill obligations in a new way. And so the transition from high school to college, it really is this open world that you can kind of continue to do what you want or you can restrain yourselves in some ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh, so I was thinking about, you know, what are some of the ways, like what would be the reason why you would restrain yourself or what would be the reason why you would allow yourself to only do certain things? Yeah. You know, we, everything that we do is a limitation process. Like when I graduated from college, when I went to New Orleans to start my uh, graduate school, um, I applied at three particular jobs as a hotel clerk because I was – thinking like, what job would complement graduate school? Yeah. I was thinking like, working a desk at a hotel. Yep. The first three jobs that I applied for, I've never gotten a letter like this back since then. But they sent me letters saying that I was overqualified oh. for the job. I was like, I have, wait, what? I've worked this, I got 128 hours spent, tens of thousands of dollars in college to be overqualified for a job, you know what For I mean? the job that I want. <laughs> yeah. Let, like, let me know. determine whether or not I'm overqualified. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was just like, come on, man. Uh, and then that's, but it stood out to me, you know, every single thing that we do in our life is is a type of limitation to us. Mm-hmm. So yeah. like, like we're here right now in this studio filming and recording and that kind of stuff. And that means that we're not doing other things. Sure. So what the writer of Proverbs would say is like, okay, since everything is a limitation process, what are the things that you're going to limit yourself to do that's going to allow you to grow? Wow. Um, and so the way that it uses this in Proverbs... And that's a very conscientious decision. Like you yes. have to decide what you're going to limit yourself to. Right. No, I, I think that's 100%. What the... The writer of Proverbs, all throughout the Bible, like the idea of us just living and just we wake up that day and we decide, okay, this is what I'm going to do in this very moment, and that's the best decision for me. Yeah, just living loose and free. Yeah, it's not that – it's like that's almost a misplaced idea uh, a little bit. It's not that you couldn't live like that, but actually the thing that allows you to live best like that, the Proverbs would say, would be the fear of God. Wow. Where when you have the fear of God behind you, like you said, if you fear God and you wake up that morning and you're not dead or you're not somewhere else, that means God's got a purpose and a plan for you right Mm -hmm. there and that very moment, you know what I mean, and not other places and other ways. Right, and we're actually more free when we realize those healthy boundaries that God's put in our lives. I think of my my daughter, like when she plays, plays in the the fence in the backyard she has free reign of that but if she gets outside of the fence she can get run over by a car she can get kidnapped and so <laughs> right the yeah. limitations that god puts on our lives actually help us to live life better yeah um i'm just still laughing at the fact that he said when you wake up and you're not dead so <laughs> yeah you, know, you, you wake mean, up and you're not dead like okay so i got a purpose today you know <laughs> whatever there's something for me to do that god would design um and so so with that so if you kind of take that analogy so like the choices that we make uh, will delight our fathers. Will, bad mm. choices grieve our mothers. So it kind of helps, okay, my life is just more than my life. Yeah. So then the decision is, well, so how do I grow? Mm-hmm. And actually, so in the Proverbs, in, in wisdom literature, uh, the New Testament actually picks up on this idea of there's wise things that yeah. we can do. And Jesus specifically kind of quotes back like this idea of growing a lot. And he specifically gets it out of Matthew 5, 16, where it says, let your light shine before mm-hmm. others so they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Yeah. So if you kind of work it back to front, 
they may see your good deeds, meaning that you've chosen to do things and they would be resolved in the community. So people would look at those and say that they're good. And this is super silly, but it also means that they're not bad. Yeah. So like people observably see that you're making decisions that are good, not just for you, but wow. for everybody. And then, and then in that particular passage, so when you make wise choices, good choices, the community of people can reflect on those. And then in that moment, it glorifies your Father who's in heaven. Mm-hmm. So it's an observable fact that our Father allows us to make decisions, to help us to understand what good decisions are. And that, uh, based on a whole, is really helpful and, and positive. So, so one of the principles of transition is you're part of something larger. Mm-hmm. So well, what are some other things that could guide us in transition? Yeah, so um, there's there's three. So Verse 1, I think, was a really helpful one that I pulled out. Verse 2, actually, the next verse, is a really helpful one, too. It says, Ill-gotten treasures are of no value, but righteousness delivers us from death. Verse 3, The Lord does not let the righteous go hungry, but he thwarts the cravings of the wicked. And so there's a lot to say here. I think simply you could put at least this, that righteousness for our lives is the best kind of security. Wow. That, so kind of we'll break down the two metaphors that are there so righteousness the the word that sits there is also the word for right standing and it brings in it should bring in this idea of like a courtroom so like what would allow you to be able to stand upright in front of a job in front of a judge Mm -hmm. and that judge like if you're standing upright it means that you're not guilty or he would set you free or you're not condemned Mm -hmm. so what would allow you to rightfully stand in front of a judge and so the proverbs in this particular bit would say that ill-gotten treasures are of now no value, but righteousness deliver us, delivers us from death. So when we're right before, the, before God, and I think an easy way of saying that, whenever instead of our treasures, like the things that we value put in other things or placed in other things or gained from other things, like our treasures are found in God. Yeah. So... Like, I see this a lot. With, so, so give us some right. examples of yeah. ill-gotten yeah, yeah, yeah. treasures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what are they? Um, so I, I see this a lot with college students, and you'll see it with high school students and middle school students, too. Some of them, when they come to college, what they'll do is they'll have a major chosen. And most college students, if, if they're like mine, they pick their major based on a job that they think they, they could get, that they Googled how, like, salaries. What the paycheck is. Yeah, you know yep. what I mean? And that's how they Except for teachers. Some, for some reason, people still wind up being teachers. So. Yeah, this is the noble cause. Yep, you know? I guess, yeah. <laughs> um, but in that, so that's, but that's the way they go about their life. And on some level, there's nothing wrong with that particular deal. Um, but there's something about whenever it works, not that way, but backwards. Mm. So, like, it's not bad to be, like, an accountant at a firm or a CFO or something like that. But if you're doing that to gain a paycheck that allows you to live your life however you want to yeah. so that you can make a lot of money, that leads to, to students oftentimes switching their majors a million different times mm. because there's, there's no lasting value in that particular path, sure. uh, if that makes sense. But what God would say is, is, is the path of righteousness that leads us to good treasure mm. would be when you're considering what, what God has put you on earth for when he's placed you inside of his mission and you're thinking about your life being leveraged for that mission. Yeah. And how do your, your does your skill set and God working in your life, where do those two places intersect? Wow. Uh, Frederick Beekner has this famous quote where the world's greatest need and our greatest passion intersect 
is where our calling in life is. Mm. And so um, I think in the Proverbs, I think it, it brings that out. But I think may, or picking our majors, like, like I don't think it's wrong for anybody to be a nurse, but whenever they're or a teacher or a doctor or whatever, but when there's no prayer to that, like mm-hmm. they're not praying about, God, what do you want out of my life? They're just picking it based on dollars and values sure. and what their parents did or whatever. Um, I, that that's it's not a lasting treasure. Yeah, Does that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and there are different reasons people may pick it. Yeah, teacher, because you get summers off. But but if it's not an intentional, okay, God's leading me, or I'm sensing, or trying to follow what God's desire for me is, yeah. then it's a treasure that you're storing up for yourself. Yeah, and I, so I'll I'll say this next part. Uh, I think there's two two other ones I thought of that are really practical. I think it's the scholarships that you have while yeah. you're in college and the jobs that you work while you're in college. Sure. So let's go with scholarships. So there was a girl in our ministry, uh, super, super smart, named Ruby. She had the opportunity to um, do this scholarship that was tied into UALR with um, medical biological research. I can't remember the, exactly what it was called, but it was just that she was going to do research uh, to kind of help advance the medical field mm-hmm. in a particular kind of way. But if she did that, I remember her, her telling me this, um, it would eliminate her from being on BCM leadership. It wouldn't yeah. eliminate her from being involved with us. Sure. But she was going to have to take a step back because it just required more hours. Sure. And I remember her sending me that and saying, hey, can I meet with you tomorrow so we can pray about this? Wow. I, I think this might be something that God wants me to do, but I don't want to neglect like my spiritual responsibility on this campus. Yeah. Um, and so I remember us praying through that and, and her just saying like, like at the end of that, you know, it really was the opportunity that she should take. But sometimes, man, we just we take all kinds of just random opportunities just to make money or just sure. to get by. And um, there's a, a famous guy, or he wrote a book, Jim Collins, uh, when it's called Good to Great. But one of the quotes that I've, I gained from that book is the enemy of the great thing for your life is doing a good bunch things. of good things. Good things. Yep. Yeah. And so, um, so scholarships are one of those, and I think jobs are the other thing. Yeah. Uh, man your time can be sucked into this vortex when you're in college specifically of a job and and re- employers will always want more of your time mm-hmm. you know what i mean than you have sometimes. 100% and so and it will cause you if you're not balanced in your life if you don't treasure or value the right things you you'll be offset yeah you'll give life. yourself away to yeah. something that is yeah. Not meaningful long term. Yeah. So, what what are some of the things they should treasure? So, we kind of talked about what are the pitfalls, what are the, the ill-gotten treasures. What do you think are some things that that they need to prioritize? Kind of like that young lady that you just mentioned did. Mm-hmm. That maybe a lot of college students don't think about. Yeah, um, I think there's four specific things um, that I think they should treasure, like the worship of God, mm-hmm. uh, the discipleship that can be gained through somebody investing in them and mm-hmm. them investing in somebody else. I think they should treasure the mission of God. So how is God working in the places where they live, they work, and they play at? And then what's like a global mission experience they can have in college that gets them outside of their yeah. their daily sphere? And then the last one is uh, fellowship. So I think – Yeah. and I, I was working through this actually the other day with a student. You know, if you give 10% of your week, it's about 16 hours of your time to God. Well, you know, you talk about – do quiet times every day. It's about two hours. If you go to worship, you know, on a Sunday morning, it's an hour, hour and a half kind of deal. You know, if you have somebody invest in you and you invest in somebody else, that's about four hours. If you're trying to intentionally evangelize, 
you know, it doesn't, it's kind of hard to intentionally evangelize all the time. Some, some weeks you might get a lot of opportunities. Sometimes you might not get none. Um, but ha- so, so it comes out to about eight hours of that. So what do you do with the other 16 if you were, yeah. and it, it, it really stood out to me that I think one of the things that a lot of college students or just students in general need to treasure is friendships. Yeah. Like they need That's to really word. invest their time, not in like their work all the time or like their scholarships or studies or whatever, but spending intentional time with their friend. And they don't have to do a Bible study. Every, you right. know what I mean? Like sometimes, like sometimes just hanging out. Yeah, just hanging out, man. Having good, godly community. I think I sometimes, think huge man, we, we focus so much on networking those friends who are going to help us get ahead in our career. Yeah, we yeah. don't network and build friendships with those people who are going to get us to the next stage of maturity in our lives. So point number one is you're part of something bigger. Point number two is really focus on the right things. Righteousness, restate that, would you? Yeah, so righteousness is the best security. Righteousness is the best security. And then quickly give us that third point. Yeah, so in verse 9 it says, The man of integrity walks securely, but he who takes the crooked path will be found out. Wow. And um, And so this was the point that kind of stood out to me is when we walk like before, like in righteousness, when we're, when we're walking properly before the Lord, uh, what it keeps us from doing is hiding things. Mm-hmm. So when we have nothing to hide, it also means we have nothing to fear. Wow. And so... Nothing so to hide, nothing to fear. Nothing to hide, nothing to fear. So when we're transparent with our, with our, with our lives, when we're transparent with our lives to the Lord, um, and we're allowing not the fear of other things, like, like if I was scared... Of what you thought about me, I would I would be very careful about the words that I used. I would be very careful with the stories that I sure. shared, um, those kind of things. But when I, f- I fear God, and I allow Him to make me transparent to the people, sure. the proper people, it allows for the Proverbs twenty seven seventeen, where iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. So like. Mm. The idea for your spiritual growth is actually to be heated up to where you're so hot, and then you can be beaten into submission. Yeah. So who are you going to allow to beat you into submission? Metaphor. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, who are you going to allow to like work on those hard places of your character? And so, but when you're hiding things, um, it it creates insecurity, it creates a lot of fear and other yeah. stuff. And so, but when you we walk transparently, you walk transparently in the Lord. Uh, nothing to hide nothing to fear. Wow, that's a good word. So we're part of a bigger community. Uh, righteousness is the best security. Mm-hmm. And then we, when you have nothing to hide, you have nothing to fear. Yeah, so man, that's a good word. That's For all of you going through transitions or thinking about the transitions that are looming in your future, uh, just bookmark this, like highlight this, listen to it, and think through like, God, how can you use this transition to better me and to glorify you? Hey, until next time, this has been Lead Defend. That's it for this episode of Lead Defend. To hear more episodes from the Lead Defend crew, visit absc.org slash podcasts. If you liked what you heard, rate and review us on your favorite podcast listening site. Want to learn more information about the next Lead Defend conference? Visit leaddefend.org.